Okay, we're live. Okay. Tell me about your black people. I didn't meet any new black people, I don't think. But I did um, go to play basketball at the park, and there was a man and his son playing baseball, like playing catch. I'm sorry. Park. You play basketball? Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> okay. Cause... It was like the worst, like, <laughs> it was the worst display of basketball probably ever. Like <laughs> me and my husband, Will, and the dog. Like the dog was doing better than the both of us. Oh, damn. But, yeah, he's very agile. <laughs> it was wait, bad. Wait, so even Will can't play ball? He was like, he was like, I'm supposed to be, oh. he was like, I'm supposed to be genetically like <laughs> prepared for this because <laughs> he's tall and black. And it did not, it did not. Uh, it skipped, it skipped his generation, I guess. It skipped him. It, it did not help him. Not one bit. Mm. Mm. See that he would have been picked in a line of others, and he would have failed. It's kind of like the opposite of white man can't jump. Have you ever watched that? Uh, yeah, but not since I was like four. <laughs> I'm I, I'm gonna say he is the opposite of the white. Of, anyway, anyway, but wasn't but wasn't that was the one with Woody Harrelson? Wasn't he good? Yeah. It was he was good. Snipes. Yeah, and they but were hustling, right? Exactly. The hustle was that he's the white dude that don't know how to play. So I'm saying Will is the opposite. Where people be like, "Oh, I'm gonna pick him because got he's got to be good." I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. Like, there's a he put up a clip on his Instagram of him like trying to like cross up the dog and then just mm. shooting an air ball. Damn, <laughs> it was so great. We were so bad at it, but we had a lot of fun. Good. good. <laughs> did you meet, did you meet any black? I I did well okay I had met two of them before but they unexpectedly came to my place of work and then they brought <clears> a friend <throat> who I had never met and all of all three of them were there were three black women who wanted bicycles so this in itself was amazing to me because as you know we don't often see people that look like us on bikes so the fact that I got to interact with them it was supposed to be for one hour it wound up being three and a half hours. So I got out of work two and a half hours later than usual. But the point was two of them left with bicycles and they were all very happy. And now we're all going to be friends. And I'm very excited about this. You know, so, it's really yeah. funny. Maybe two or three weeks ago, I was riding bikes with people, like other people. Mm -hmm. And we were riding along and we passed a black dude on a bike. And I got really, really excited. And I probably said something excited. Mm -hmm. And then the girl I was riding with was like, what's, what's, what's up? And I was like, oh, it was, just, it was a black person. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just un, like, unrealistically excited. Was she not a black person? No. Okay. So she probably didn't understand why you were so excited. That's, yeah. 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 I would have been just as excited. Actually, <laughs> we probably would have looked at each other and been like, yeah, you know. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's very ex Okay. Fix it black Jesus. 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 I am Laura Solis, just trying to live my life and ignore the white hate. Who are you? I am Aisha McGowan. And I'm really excited to be going to Atlanta and Jamaica, or Georgia and Jamaica, 
this weekend and next week because I also am quite tired of the white hate and I'm very, very much looking forward to being surrounded in black excellence. So, yes. Yes, yes. I'm very happy for you. Very, very happy for you. Yes, I will meet so many black people in the next 10 days. Wow, you're going to be in like, like just surrounded by blackness. I will. I have. Oh my gosh. I haven't felt that in a long time. It's a great feeling. It really is. And like, I've been like struggling with this, like, like, why do I feel the need to like share my excitement to be surrounded by black people? And it's like, well, why should I be ashamed of it? Cause you know, there's always going to be that Becky who's going to be like, well, what if I was like, I'm going to be excited to be surrounded in white excellence for the next. <laughs> <laughs> like Becky, you're always surrounded by quote unquote white excellence. So hush oh, your face. And so am the I. And therefore all I'm the excited for something different. Yeah. Yeah, I need this. I really need this. Um, I feel like it's going to be good for your soul. It always is. I, it's like, yeah, it's just that like when it's like when you see the touching part of a movie and you're just like happy ending. Like that's how it makes it. <laughs> how long will you be away and what will you be doing there? Um, so <clears throat> in Georgia, I'm doing a, a meet and greet with Cycles and Change in Macon on... But these are oh, bicycle things. Friday, yeah. Cycles and Change is a bicycle advocacy organization based in Macon, Georgia. We're doing a meet and greet, and I think they're going to screen a Major Taylor movie, which is really cool because I've never seen it. And then who's Major Taylor? We're not. We don't have time. We do not have the time. <sighs> Google will tell you what you need to know. Okay. Um, and then on Saturday, I'm going to the bike anniversary for Red Bike and Green in Atlanta. Uh, oh, it's their bike anniversary. It's their bike anniversary, and I went last year, and it was great. And so I get to go again this year, and I put up some prizes for the raffle, so I'm really excited about that. And Ooh. yeah, it's gonna be really good. Um, you leave on Friday? Yeah, I leave tomorrow morning. Hopefully, Delta will allow me to get there because <laughs> they've been on the struggle bus. My husband spent the whole day yesterday in the airport. He was supposed to leave at eight fifteen and didn't get on a flight until like, like. 8 p.m. or like not acceptable <laughs> not acceptable seven seven something p.m. like it was late it was almost 12 hours after he was supposed to initially leave and now he's supposed okay. to be coming back and his flight's already delayed so that's exciting um and on sunday i'm going to do a meet and greet and a group ride um for at aztec cycles in, in stone mountain um cool. and last year we did a lap around Stone Mountain Park, which is really pretty, and I'd never done that before, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then, and then I'm going to Jamaica for a training camp with Coach Peter Aldridge, and then the Jamaica Reggae Ride, um, hosted by One Love Cycling, which is really cool. Nice. Um, very, very nice. much looking forward to all of So bikes and black people, what more could I ask for? Um, and maybe maybe a few coins would be nice here and there, but we'll, we'll see what we can right, do. Right, though? <laughs> Yes, yes. What is it? Bikes, black people, and bills. <laughs> bills. Oh, like I hadn't heard people. that. I don't know. I'm making this up right now. I just like. Oh, okay. I like. I like. It. I like alliteration. Alliteration. I down with they're it. My, they're my thing. Okay. Um. So yeah. Are you doing anything? Anything fun in the next ten days? Uh, friends are coming to visit from back home, so I'm really excited. Oh, about you that. have like an influx of visitors. Yeah, which has been great because like my emotional health has been oh um, so, <laughs> has it that, that it has been exactly like that oh. um so being surrounded by people from home Friends. 
Oh yeah, it makes uh-huh. it makes heart so happy. So yeah, we'll have two of them here for a few days, and they're not as loud as our last guest. So I'm really excited about that. Hey, Mundo. Um, so yeah. <laughs> he know he loud. It's not a secret. He's the loudest person I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, but yeah, um, that'll be it. We'll be hosting them for about a week. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So this week for Yes Queen, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to um, talk about Corinne Rivera. She's a Filipina American or Filipina. I don't know how she identifies, but I know she is American mm-hmm. and of Filipino descent. And um, she has won the Tour of Flanders which is a bike thing. Um, so she's a professional cyclist. This she, is a very bike themed time today. I'm very excited about this. Please well, I'm always bike, bikey, bikey, bike, bikey. Anyway, she's the first American to win the Tour of Flanders. And that's a big deal. It's not the Tour of France, um, but it's on the scale and caliber of those kinds of races. So it's a really big race. You said Tour um, of France. <laughs> The t- Le Tour de France. Like, what Thank do you, you want? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And she won another um, race a couple weeks ago. And this is her first year in the World Tour, which is a big deal. Wow. Usually, so her first year and she wins all the things. So she's now currently the leader of the World Tour. Hell yes. Yeah. So Hell she's yes. winning the World Tour right now. So she's young, she's brown, she's brand new to the world, um, like world tour level of racing, mm-hmm. but she is killing the game. And I, I'm sure now she's probably got a target on her back, but um, they didn't expect this. I doubt they expected it. Like, I don't think anybody is super surprised mm-hmm. because she is, she's always been phenomenal. She's always been a phenomenal cyclist and she's capable of so much. And I think this is, really the beginning um but they're probably like terrified at this point and i love it <laughs> like shiver me timbers sorry yeah <laughs> so yeah shout out to corinne rivera for just representing for the brown folks in a my whole you know my whole thing is that cycling is very 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 homogenous and white and she is just like hey y'all <laughs> i'm here <laughs> just tearing tearing it up so there we go Yas queen. Yas queen. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, so this week for our discussion topic, we wanted to talk about white tears and white fragility. And that's a topic that only leads to more white tears and white fragility. Apparently, it is it perpetuates yeah. it's a never-ending <laughs> cycle of white tears and white fragility. Sorry about all this noise. Um but uh, yeah, so this week in advertising, um, Pepsi mm-hmm. released this commercial with Kyle, no, not Kylie, which Jenner was it? Which, Kendall. Which, Kendall, there you go. Kendall. Like it wasn't Kylie? No, it's Kendall, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is a person, she deserves to have her name. Mm-hmm. We, we don't need to mix her up with her sisters, she deserves that much. Um, either way, um, they did this commercial with Kendall Jenner where it's like these like this like frustrated Muslim woman is like trying to figure out what picture she wants to select, and she's like frustrated about that. And then there's a Asian dude. I don't know where he's from. He looks like he could be biracial or whatever, but he is playing the cello, 
and I can't remember if he was frustrated, but like everybody's kind of looking out their windows like at this protest that's happening. And Kendall is a model in a photo shoot and she sees this going on outside and is peeking out and like, oh, what's going on out there? And then at some point they all get fed up with their individual activities and decide to join the, the movement and go outside and protest. So Kendall rips off her blonde wig and, sh and rubs off her lipstick and walks wait, 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 wait. She takes off her, bl her blonde wig and hands it to a black woman. Please continue. Mm. An angry black woman, if you see her cl the close-up. Please mm. continue. <laughs> and then walks out and they're all like protesting and she passes a cooler and grabs a Pepsi and they're walking, walking. And then the front lines reaches a lineup of police officers in riot gear and Kendall comes and she walks up to the police officer in the middle and hands him a Pepsi and he cracks it open. And, and then the Muslim girl or woman takes a picture to capture this moment and the police officer takes a sip and he's refreshed. And then everyone starts cheering and we have solved all racial injustice for the people with a can of Pepsi. <laughs> So all it took was a Pepsi? Oh! All this time, Laura, all we needed to do was hand these fools a Pepsi! Why and we what wasted is, all our time? Why we been wasting all of our time trying to, what is, to fight and um, scream and yell? That's <laughs> what, uh, that was the response from um, Martin Luther King's daughter. Oh, what is Bernie? the first Yeah, she's like, oh, daddy would've just had a Pepsi. <laughs> right though? And this is this happens to be. Did you notice that the day that they released this commercial was the same day as the anniversary yes. of his assassination? Mm -hmm. like, no respect. You know, come I'm, on. I won't deny Someone. that was probably a coincidence because as tone deaf as that commercial was, they clearly don't have no black folks in there telling them what's what. <sighs> so oh, yeah, I can't. You said you. This is about white tears. What tears did you see come from this, Aisha? Uh, people are like, leave Ken Kendall alone. We, we don't know what Pepsi told her, blah, blah, blah. The usual. The, like, Did you see that post about how it's like, well, Kendall is only a child. And someone highlighted like Kendall is 20. When y'all spoke about Tamir she Rice. Was, she's, I thought she was 21. She's, she's at least 20. So the person who wrote that she she's was an 20, adult. She's an adult. She's a, she is over 18. She is an adult. Um, who should know better or who should be able to make her own decisions, informed decisions at that. But, you know, we at, in our society will refer to Kendall and by we, I mean, they, um, as Kendall as a child, but when it comes to how we describe Mike Brown, how we describe Tamir Rice, how we describe pretty much of any of our teenage boys, teenage boys, we call them thugs. We call them, they're men. They're, they're men. men. Exactly. They're treated as men. And we don't have that privilege if you will, of being considered a child just because we are white? I don't know. Like, why does she get to be a child, but they get to be men and they actually are killed? But yeah. Because the she's innocent. Being, she's innocent, Laura, and she didn't know what was happening when she handed that police officer in right gear, um, in riot gear, a Pepsi. She didn't know what image that was illustrating because she has no idea what's going on in the world. I am being sarcastic here for those. My face, people. though. My face, though. For those of I, you who can't tell, like, Afropunk posted this article, actually, let me share it with you, about the, the title of the article is how the narrative around white women's innocence taught me to let them get away with violence. Word. Um, and I was like, wait, what? And someone posted this in a group that I'm a part of on the internets, on the Facebook. I just sent you a link. Um, 
and it is written by um oh yeah I, I saw this i didn't read it but i saw it essentially two people were in a train a man and a woman were in a train and they were having they were having a discussion um and this white woman interjected and said it, i'll just add they were having a very serious discussion where they were kind of like you know de-stressing from their just tar horrible week month years of you know just being a black person if you will mm -hmm. and out of nowhere <laughs> this white woman interjects and says Give make sure you sense. keep eating and Wait, i'm sorry <clears throat> i'm sorry what <laughs> she she said make sure you keep eating why would and, they not keep eating i don't understand um were that is unclear. about what that was is, the topic of the conversation were they talking about like eating disorders they, they were not <laughs> no um and apparently she must have been trying to just lighten the mood um girl no but not right now <laughs> but she was not necessarily handing out any sort of solutions and then before she leaves the train she puts her hand no on no guy no as remember to keep eating no you see <laughs> i'm gonna keep saying no <laughs> the, and your reaction no. is what i think makes sense <laughs> however the author goes on to share had it been a white man that had done this instead of a white woman she or her partner would have likely been more defensive because it's a man in their space and it's a white man in their space at that but because it's a white woman who can never be thinking anything negatively or wanting to do anything negatively or harmful or wanting to violate your space then that's why they may have not reacted with anything um and so one of the quotes that they they put in the article is white women weren't passively complicit in the racial sexual terror that pervaded black communities they were active culprits hand stained and streaming with black blood but we never hear about that we never hear about how white women can do things that you know they're not proud of we never hear that narrative about evil white women if you will like I because they're always comforted when they make mistakes yes. that is the priority we need to comfort them and make sure that they feel okay Yes, which is what made me think of, we had spoken a few months ago about the woman who led to the death of Emmett Till, if you will. Um, and how, yeah, for a long time, it, I'm sure they just comforted her and was like, oh, it's not your fault. They're there now. Like what? That's not, why don't, why don't white women have to fess up to, for their, to their own actions? So like I said, they posted this in a group that I'm part of on the internet and one person posted, oh, well, I don't see what the problem here is. Full disclosure, and this is a white passing person, by the way. Okay. Full disclosure, I'm a Latina, and this post is not educational or informative. It's someone's opinion framed by their judgments and life experience. There is no violence in the act of a stranger giving a kind word and a touch of what was meant to be empathy. How was this woman assaulted by her words? She chose to be offended, and she is through her, and, and see it through her own spectrum. The author is just as at fault as the woman on the train. No, it's not. Okay. So my thing with this is not one off experiences. It's not, oh, this person touched my hair today. And that just put me through the roof. It's this person touched my hair today. Somebody touched my hair yesterday. Somebody touched my hair the day before that and 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 last week and then the month before and then like my whole life people have been putting their hands in my hair. And now when someone does it, it is beyond the point of irritation because there's no room left in my brain to <laughs> let it go and 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 uh, let it be a passive thing because it's not a passive thing there is a collective community of 
people who feel like they have the right to put their hands in my hair. And I don't understand that. Because and you can still be seen is- as property. I want to, I equate that to still being seen as property to some people. Like, did I tell you about that white woman at my shop that was like, oh my gosh, she's so, she's so cute. Can we take her home? Bitch, I'm a grown ass woman. Like, what? I'm infantilized what? constantly. And like, this it's... is not acceptable. And she's like, is that okay? And I'm like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> like, and I was so terribly confused because this is like that whole code switch thing we were talking about last week. Cause it's like, well, I'm at work. So I gotta have my Becky hold, on. Hold but, the face, hold the face. Exactly, hold the face. But my words need to be expressing my anger right now, but I gotta do it in my Becky voice. So but you hold. have to do it in a, in a respectable manner. You have to exactly. respect her even though she did not respect you. Because she's gonna be fragile about it. So I have to, of course, with tender ginger, gen, gingerly hands, uh-huh. let her know how wrong she was about what happened. And why, why is this? And hope she understands and it doesn't turn to, into an even bigger thing. Exactly, which I don't God do that for anybody else. God forbid you speak up for yourself. Ah. So yeah, my response to that person was, at no point was there an invitation to enter their conversation or place hands on anyone's body. The fact that a reader may read this piece and not see that as a violation of one space and person is why I'm glad we're having this conversation. Because clearly this person was like completely blind. Oh, but the person meant well. This is 2017. We know that your intent and your impact are not always going to be in line with one another. Own your shit. Like, what the hell? So you remember when you were in, like, elementary school and people decided they were going to say sassy things? Mm -hmm. So that would have been a time where somebody would have said, this is an A and B conversation, so see your way out. Right, though? January, February, march your way out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, nobody asked you to tell me to eat. Like, why you think I'm not eating? Like, what's that about? This ain't got nothing to do with you. I was talking to my person right here. You was talking. You stay over there in your lane. You clearly don't have anything to contribute to this conversation. You just clearly feel uncomfortable right now and felt the need to say something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. It's not like she was standing up for somebody or mm-hmm. like like she literally did not contribute in any way. Like her words could have. She just could have left them alone, kept them inside. Or said them out loud, but don't touch me. Like, don't, don't touch me though. <laughs> like, if you want to say something, say something. I can choose to ignore you, but don't put your hands on me. No. And then what? So other people in the conversation were, were like, "Well, actually, no. I think it was in the comment section of the article. They're like, well, I bet you if she would have like lashed out and angrily told the woman, don't touch me, it would have turned into, well, maybe in the future, if you don't want someone to touch you, you should say so nicely. When now we're making the person responsible for how they responded (laughs) to being touched, to being violated. I'm not saying it's on the same level as someone, you know, putting their fingers in your vagina by no means. (laughs) But the point is, if I don't want you to touch me, don't touch me. You don't have any rights to my body. Like, well, with my preschoolers, they like, they like hugging and like (laughs) being really, really close. And (laughs) it might sound mean, but I always tell them, like, you need to ask for permission to enter my space. Yeah. And so they're like, Mrs. McGowan, can I have a hug, please? And I'm like, thank you for asking. Yes, you can. Or yes, there we, you may. And I feel like, like I always say thank you for yeah. asking to emphasize that the Absolutely. ask is the most important part to me. Like, you need to ask for permission to enter my space. But we Absolutely. are getting off the topic of white tears here. So let's move <laughs> it back on in. Well, in relation to the white tears, did you hear mm-hmm. about in Pennsylvania somewhere, I think it was in Philly, um, the Black Lives Matter, um, what would you call it? 
contingency. <laughs> um, okay. They banned white people from attending their so-called open meeting. It was a black space only. And so when people had asked people that were not, that did not identify as people of color, like, so how can I help? They sent them a link and they're like, these are some, these are some ways you can support us, but this space is for black identifying people only. Mm -hmm. And then of course the white tears came streaming down. Like, but I'm an ally. Why oh can't I be there? Why can't I be a part of this? I am one of the good people. And it's like, really? Really? So again, with the white tears, I don't have time for it. And admittedly, until I moved to Portland, I had never been a part of a Black-only space, nor did I find the need for it until I moved to Portland, where I don't find Black people. And it's like, because it's kind of like you- gives you a false sense of diversity amongst the world. Which is like how you are going to be surrounded by all sorts of beautiful Black excellence when you go to Georgia and to Jamaica. Right. And I won't just be surrounded by Black people. Mm -hmm. I would just be surrounded by a lot more Black people than I'm used to. And that is why I'm excited. It's not like these spaces are, well, the Red Bike and Green Ride on Saturday is Black only. And mm -hmm. people do give them a hard time about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you can come to the barbecue afterwards. It is a barbecue, maybe it's a cookout, whatever. But people, all everyone is invited to the thing afterwards, but this ride is black only. It's okay for black people and women to wanna have an exclusive space, especially when they are such a minority or when they're fighting for their own rights. Like it doesn't make sense for people who can easily identify with the oppressor based on their natural attributes, what have you, to get all upset if they are excluded from the conversation on how are we gonna fix this? I, I don't care to talk about them anymore. And by them, I mean <laughs> the people with the white tears. There are so many of them. And some of them admittedly are my friends or people who mm -hmm. will say they're my friends and then things like this happen and I'm like, wait, what? And then it's a discussion. I'm grateful that I have people in my life that are willing to have these discussions, sure. But after a while, it's just like, I'm not here to educate everybody on everything. Like, this is not my role. Um, especially since I need to learn this the Becky language in order to speak to you so that I make sure that I'm not causing you any sort of stress. Yeah, that um, is what the Becky language is for. It's for white comfort. That is what it is. There we go. It is for, it is white, for white comfort. comfort. We need the white folks to feel okay so they don't cause all this trouble and make our lives harder. Because they have power to make our lives harder. It is so true. You don't want to uh, provoke <laughs> your mm. oppressor. <laughs> oh, shit. That no. is so real. Don't provoke Ugh. your oppressor, though. That's upsetting. Um, but, like, there's this article. But, like, there was this article um, on the Huffington Post called Whites Only, Surge, and the Caucasian Invasion of Racial Justice Spaces. Mm -hmm. The um, Caucasian Invasion, please tell me Yes, that. but we <laughs> discovered that Caucasian is not an yeah. accurate term for Correct. white people. It's, it hasn't gotten out there in the world. More people needed to listen to the podcast so they could learn that, that's okay. Um, it's not that it's racist per se, it's just not accurate. <laughs> it's not accurate, but it's okay. I'll. I agree okay, that it's it might be the equivalent of calling a Colombian a Mexican. It's like all white people are not Caucasian and all people who speak Spanish are not Mexican. Okay. Um, mm. but, okay. But we don't have all to right. that. <laughs> yes. 
Um, what so was tell I? me more oh, about the, the article. The article, right. So basically the author who is Didi Delgado, um, she's talking about how um, white folks <clears throat> need to stop getting so upset when people, when people of color call them out on their shit. It's like, okay, you want to be an ally. And we talked about this allies versus, um, what was it? Um, um, uh, it was an accomplices. Was it, was it? Yeah. No, no, not um, accomplice. I don't remember. Nor do I. Um, I'm trying but, to, did we name the episode I, over? I, I think it was accomplice. I don't think that's a word. Okay. Either way, um, there are all these white folks out there, well-meaning white people who are in their heads, totally about it, fighting for racial justice and fighting for black folks, fighting for women. And they get to this point where they feel like they are the preeminent experts on everything. (laughs) And their thoughts and their processes are right. And if somebody checks them on it, you usually get the, well, I've studied this, 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 and that, and I've done this, 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 and that. And and it's just like, okay. Co-conspirators. Co-conspirators, right. So let's take a step back, fellow well-meaning white person, and let's observe, no matter what you have read and no matter what you have done, Rachel, you are still a white woman. (laughs) At the core of it, you are still a white woman. So you are not allowed to tell us how to fix it. You can help us fix it, Mm -hmm. but if you're trying to help us fix it, you need to help us in the way we want to be helped, especially if we are telling you exactly what that is. Yep. And that means that when black people say, hey guys, we're having this meeting amongst ourselves, Y'all ain't invited to this one. And you say, how can we help? And we tell you, Mm -hmm. follow those instructions. Follow those instructions. Don't get mad because you can't come to this meeting because you studied African-American history in college. Because you're going to show up and got shaky online. Like, (laughs) you made that choice. Mm -hmm. You have decided that you wanted to be for this cause. You wanted to be about that cause. And that means you need to understand that sometimes that means you're going to be uncomfortable and feel defeated and feel unappreciated. It's not our job to just shower you with accolades and appreciation all the time. Because if you haven't forgotten, we are fighting our own fight still. So if you're just here for the the praises. Like, oh, look at her. She's a woke white woman. No, then um, go home. We don't need you here because you're getting in the way. Your ego is getting in the way. It is not our job to make you feel good about the work that you're doing. And this whole like, well, if you treat people mean that are trying to help you, they're not going to want to help you. Like, honey, we're not treating you mean. We're telling you exactly what we need and exactly what we want. And you just don't agree with that. And you think you know what's better for us. And we don't have time for your white savior complex. And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like sometimes the well-meaning white person is going to be like, but I'm ready to show up for you. Yes, but you only want to do it in the way that you are comfortable in doing it. And that does, you don't get to dictate how you get to help us. If in fact you are supposedly down for the cause and you want to be a co-conspirator, you don't always get to feel comfortable. 
Um, I was Which is why I don't show up for the, the white women's marches. Because it's like, I'm not here to do the thing that you clearly stated, this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to show up and get in your way. Like, that's just saying, <laughs> I'm not necessarily against it. I'm not necessarily for it. But I'm not going to get in your way. Not this time. Y'all go out. You do your little march. Have, you know, say your thing. Do what you got to do. But I'm not going to get in your way because I don't, I'm not here to bring, I'm not here to help you in the way that you said you needed to be helped. So why would I show up? I don't understand your point. Why would you show up to something? If someone said, hey, I need your help moving. Mm-hmm. I'm moving. I need you to help me move these boxes from this point to this point. That's what I need you to do. And cool. you're like, oh, I'm here to help. But you know what? I would rather stand and watch the truck or drive. The tr- like, that's not what I need help with, though. Like, I, I like need an example. Much clearer. I need a specific shit. thing. I am telling mm-hmm. you what that thing is if you cannot do that thing don't come pretty much i will just find somebody who can do the thing i actually need the help with because now you're just in the way <laughs> you're just in the way did i need somebody maybe i already have somebody to guard the truck maybe i don't need anybody to guard the truck like <laughs> don't tell me what i need when i'm telling you what i need so along <laughs> the lines of white fragility um and actually happens to be another Huffington Post article, it's called The Sugar-Coated Language of White Fragility. And it <laughs> it's this part of the article is called Linguistic Tricks to Outsmart Racial Stress Triggers. So oh, terms Lord. like inclusion and white privilege are designed to sneak past the racial stress triggers of white fragility. They center whiteness in a way that make white people comfortable while deflecting from the stressful realities of the racist harm that whiteness causes. Imagine how many racial racial stress triggers alarm bells would go off if we were using words like discrimination awareness and white underserved or undeserved advantages instead ain't that shit real though like that is how Oh, if we were blunt about what it was if we would say your white undeserved advantages are what allowed for you to be in this space with me right now like come on like people would be angry like more angry all the time i'm gonna see if i can do this at work though i'm gonna let you know how it goes (laughs) i'm gonna let you know how it goes Mm. I'm gonna gonna have a social experiment i'm gonna keep a note of this one i mean i feel at this point though saying words like privilege is a trigger in itself like what do you mean privilege Yeah. Don't tell me to check my privilege. I'm from a trailer park and I didn't have a daddy growing up either. And like, what is this voice? <laughs> I don't know. Is that, I don't even, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but I hear you. I definitely understand what you're saying. Cause it's like, well, I didn't choose to be white. And I'm like, and I get that. But even so, you know, I didn't necessarily choose to speak more than one language, but it does give me a hand up, like, when I walk into a room and I can speak more than one language in a room. Like, it is what it is. Accept it and, and figure out how you can help others with these privileges that you, in fact, have. How can you help bring up folks that want to be, you know, that want your help? Because that's a big part of it, too. If yeah, someone doesn't want some your help. level of privilege. If someone doesn't want your help, leave them the F alone. Let them live. Let them be. Like, don't come and be like, oh, you know what would be good? If you did this, this, and this. Becky, I didn't ask you for shit. Leave yeah, me, that leave brings me it back to the whole, remember I was talking about my favorite Martin Luther King quote about um, the white mediocre and like how they're the biggest threat to mm, progress. Yeah, It's like, you're the biggest threat to progress because you're wasting everyone's time. You sound good, you look good, but you're not doing anything productive and helpful. So go home. Like, you're in the way. Yeah. Intentions and impact are very different things. Indeed. And if 
your intentions are actually to help me, but the impact you're making is hurting me or um, preventing me from progressing. Mm -hmm. I don't need you here. No. Bye. Bye. I'm not even gonna say by Felicia because I ain't ready to talk about who Felicia is. Apparently, most of y'all don't. Bye, anyway. Becky. Becky. Bye, oh. Becky. Um, it's just I don't know. If I'm spending more time making sure that you're happy and comfortable, I can't focus on the things that I'm actually trying to do. It is not my job to make you feel good. It is not the black person's job to make the white oppressor feel good. And if no, I'm controlling you're not. My face, I'm controlling my tone. I'm making sure that I don't appear threatening when I express myself because I need to be conscious of you. Then yeah, we're not making progress because so much energy is being wasted on just making sure that I'm delivering this in a way that's not going to make you upset, Becky. Yeah. Dang it. In the words of Sweet Brown. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Have you, Do you seen know the Layla she's cleaned yes! up? Yes! Cleaned? Yes! Can, I, can we give her a Yas Queen? Yes. Can we give her a Yas Queen? Sweet Brown yes. is off them drugs and she looks great. She does. She looks so healthy and happy. And I am so happy that, in fact, she is one of the many, for better or worse, folks that you, there's a me made of this person and then we don't know what happens to them. Yeah. But that she was able to take Big advantage habit. of this, yeah, and you know, clean, get off of the the drugs and clean herself up, and she looks healthy and happy. Like, go on, sweet brown, yes, queen, yes. She looks really good. I'm very happy for her. All right. Um, summarize summaries. I think what we want to take away from, or what I would like to take away from this whole idea of white tears and white fragility. It's real, it's a thing, like, and chances are, you are part of it, if you are a white person. Like, even, even me, as a person with some level of privilege, not mm -hmm. necessarily white privilege, there mm -hmm. are things that if somebody calls me out on my shit, I'm gonna get upset about. But sure. if I actually take a look, about, look at it and like, think about it, they might have some validity to these arguments. Because mm -hmm. I, do, I do have a level of privilege that I enjoy, as a middle class woman from the suburbs or whatever. Like there's a, I have college I have educated, college educated. Yeah. I have privilege and I accept that and try, try my best to stay in my lane. And when I don't stay in my lane, I have a whole circle of folks that will tell me. And hey girl, because that's what friends are for. Right? Right? Just scoot back on over to where you work. Cause you, you take done, a little seat there. Take a seat. You, you done shimmied out your zone, out of your zone. You need to shimmy on back. <laughs> I enjoy the idea of you shimmying. <laughs> I, I shimmy in and out of my lane, yes. Um, <laughs> um, and actually, to that note, I appreciate the person who does show up to some of these Facebook groups and you know whatever other platforms folks are using to have these discussions around racial justice. And you know, someone may post an article that will make them immediately uncomfortable, and they're like, "I read this. I'm uncomfortable with what's being said, but I'm gonna let this sit." Yes. Like, thank you I for sitting in your discomfort. I think that would be the most effective thing that a white person, a well-meaning white person could ever do. Sit in your discomfort. Discover why it makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Really explore that. Why does this upset you so much? Why do you feel defensive right now? Why are you offended? Why? Why? Just why? Like, why? Listen. Yeah, why must you cry? Why must I cry? Why must I cry? Well, why, I'm 
Why must I cry? Why, why must white, I cry? That's the white anthem. <laughs> oh, I need to find it. I'm gonna find Tell it. Me why? <laughs> on YouTube. Why on must YouTube. I cry? <laughs> Have you seen the one where he's on the toilet? <laughs> that whole thing is a mess. Why must I? Don't I don't know cry? why he's taking a shower in the bubble bath. Oh, oh my god. I'm sorry. It has over seven and a half million views. Yes. Ooh, yes. White so yes. Anthem. Why must I cry? Is the white, for, the white fragility, white tears anthem. Just explore why. That is what you could do, as a well-meaning white person. I hope this man owns that channel and that by watching this video, he gets my coins or not my coins. He gets YouTube's coins, Google's coins. Word. White he tears. Deserves, anthem. He deserves every penny because I've watched that several times. It was actually a boss of mine. <laughs> I enjoyment. Who showed that to me? But yeah, White Tears Anthem. We're gonna have. We to need to do. It. We need to do an episode of our favorite YouTube clips because I have. Oh gosh, I, I have so many. I am very well aware of your very elaborate, extensive, extensive YouTube library that is like at that. your disposal at any given time. It's so good. Okay, so did you want to add anything else? No, we're good. I think, I think I'm done here. Okay, so moving on to 45. Is that where we at? Mm -hmm. 45. Okay, so this is not necessarily 45 exactly, but Ivanka, his daughter. 45 this, related. 45 related. There's this um, like story going around about Aber. And she is standing outside in a fur coat sipping Wait, say on that one more wine. time. That, that cut off. She's standing outside in a fur coat sipping on Who a Who was sitting wine. outside? Her neighbor, Ivanka's neighbor, mm -hmm. sipping on a glass of wine watching the Trump protests. And like most people are like, I just aspire to be this level of petty. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> it's so funny to me. Oh, it's so true. It's I want to be so her when I grow up. funny to me. <laughs> I want to have a fur coat. I've decided that I don't want to drink wine anymore. It gives me a headache. Uh, wait, always? Like, even if you're well hydrated? I don't know if it's because I've been training so much, mm -hmm. but I just, it's not even worth it anymore. Like, I can't do it. Okay, no wine for it's you. Upsetting. It's fine. Maybe, maybe you should I'm, smoke maybe... marijuana to do away with your headaches. See, the it's way that USADA is set up. Oh, they're not going to like that. It's not legal nationally, so I can't mm -hmm. do that. Okay. That's not, we can't roll that way. Because so, cannabis yeah. is a medicine, friends. Cannabis is a It medicine. is, it is, but not one that I can partake in so long yes. as I'd like to be a professional athlete. And I'm okay with that. So, Word. that's where we at. Um, right, Anything 45. Else with, with 45? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Steve Bannon has been removed from the National Security Council. And there's like a whole, like, just like, looks like a soap opera situation going on with that that's all for where it is like catching up to your stories didn't we say that last week it Shoot. is these are the days of our lives so mm -hmm. this week's episode <laughs> damn, damn. <laughs> um on this week's episode they gave him the boot for the national security council and uh i just think it's really funny <laughs> it's um, a damn I guess shame I guess he and um, Jared Kushner, that's the son-in-law, right? Weren't getting along? Yeah, he looks like Voldemort. He looks like, I don't know. He just looks really weird to me. Um, and that's just me being straight up judgmental based on his outward <laughs> appearance. Yes, absolutely. I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Something about that man. Something about that whole crew of folks just don't sit Some well ain't right. Me. Some ain't right. Um, either way, so if you go to whatthefuckjusthappenedtoday.com, which is something we've mentioned in the past, and if you haven't made it a part of your life yet, please do, do so. It. It's fantastic. Um, there's just this list of all the stuff that's related to um, called Team Trump Turns on Bannon, and they just list off a bunch of stuff that they've been doing. So Trump was not pleased by the President Bannon Puppet Master theme. I guess he, you know, we all know that um, Trump has a soft spot for the social media mm -hmm. and does not like when people are mean and bullying him. And I guess he didn't like that story. Um, Kushner believes that Bannon des Bannon's desire to deconstruct the government is hurting Trump. I believe that everything is hurting Trump that he is doing, but you know, whatever. Um, that's just my humble opinion. Bannon threatened to leave the White House after he was removed from the National Security Council, to which I say, I wish he would. Bye, <laughs> bye fool. Bye, Bannon. Like, get Bannon. out. Get out. We don't want you there. No way. Um, Republican mega donor Rebecca Mercer urged Bannon not to resign. So this chick, this is like straight up House of Cards stuff. I don't know what's going on, but she said his role is a long-term play. I don't know what they scheming over there, mm -hmm. but I'm glad he's out because whatever it was could not have been good, but we knew that. We knew Bannon that. calls Kushner a cuck and a globalist so you're supposed to explain to me what a cuck is because that is not in my vocabulary oh, well but i know you're not supposed to call nobody that i know that no, no well it is a word that has become more popular as of late however it originates from the full term which is cuckold c-u-c-k-o-l-d and that word is one that is used to describe a situation a situation mm -hmm. if you will where a situationship, okay. a situationship where a man the would-be husband in this in this scenario would be watching his wife have the sex with her lover wait, i'm sorry why oh, wait wait does, wait does the wife know yes yes okay. everybody's in the room everybody know each other they say what's up you know and okay. they're doing what they're doing you and know, it's supposed to be different things i'm not it, judging Carry mm -hmm, on. Mm -hmm. it is demasculizing it is clearly something that i mean many might even call degrading in so the way the word is used nowadays is essentially to say you have someone by the balls. Um, and because- How is that demasculizing? Maybe that's the time, a conversation for To have someone time. by the balls? No, watching someone watching, voluntar voluntarily doing so though. That's what I don't understand. Well, You're oh, because it turns the husband on to see his wife get off by another person because he himself, the husband is not capable of getting oh, his wife off. There we go. Not that. That's, that's important. Okay, yeah. carry on. Keep going. Keep going. Oh well, no, that's all. I, I really don't want to continue on with that. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So either way, Bannon and Kushner have been fighting nonstop. Point. Sorry. And it's an open secret, which sounds like some straight what? up high school drama, where I guess nobody's talking about it, but we all know what's happening, <laughs> and um, they clash face to face. Um, and then the last thing on this list is that Breitbart opens fire on, on Kushner. So we know that Bannon, does he own Breitbart? I know he's, he was the editor know. of Breitbart. He had something big to do with Breitbart. Either way, they're using the media, this what alternative right, that's what we call them, right? The, the alternative right. Mm -hmm. media to come after, like it's just, this is drama. What they else are, is going they, on in, in House of Cards? In, what else is, what else is going on in House of Cards? Um, so
So apparently <laughs> Ivanka, because you know her name yeah. is gonna keep coming out my mouth today, um, reached out to pres the president of Planned Parenthood, um, and they had a discussion about. I'm. What it can says, they talk about? It says the two talked about how the organization is being targeted by Republicans seeking to defund it, mm -hmm. and um, President Cecile Richards. Um, explained to Ivanka what it is that Planned Parenthood does. No, 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 no. And no. what you say? Wait, 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 wait. Ivanka, who is what is she? Twenties, thirties? She's a grown ass woman. <laughs> that is what she is. <laughs> do do people refer to her as a child the same way they do Kendall? Like, I have she... no idea. I'm sorry. Why do we need to explain to anyone at this point what Planned Parenthood does? Why do we not know? Ah. Uh... And she explained to her why it's a terrible idea for it to be defunded and to prevent people from Medicaid, um, people on Medicaid from being able to access it. Um, really random side note, for the longest, I thought it was Planet Parenthood. When you say for the longest, up until what, how many, like how until I, did you know? Until I saw it in writing. I feel like whenever people would say it wait, out loud. Wait, 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 So I don't wanna, let's put a timeline on that. When you I don't moved, know. Oh, no, this no. I knew that before I left New York City, but maybe, maybe, okay. maybe in college. I don't know. I didn't really think about Planned Planet Parenthood very much, but I Parenthood. thought it was Planet Parenthood because that's what I'd heard. And th that would be appropriate, though. It is, a, yeah, yeah. I didn't totally think twice about it. I was like, oh, Planet Parenthood. Okay, not totally far fetched. <laughs> it's um, irrelevant, but I just always found that very ridiculous. Once I discovered that, something it was else that is ridiculous. Planet. What's also up? related to Ivanka Trump, because mm -hmm. again, she's just on the tip of our tongues these days, apparently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Equal Pay Day was Wednesday, I believe, when- <laughs> Why uh, did I not know about it? <laughs> uh, because we don't get paid equally. So as y'all probably know, for every dollar a man makes, in particular a white man, a white woman makes, I'm gonna say like 75 cents, a black woman makes 63 cents, and mm -hmm. a Latina woman makes 54 cents. So I'm thinking I'm somewhere in like the 60 cent range because I'm a black Latina, but anyway. The point being here, Ivanka tweeted, equal, hashtag equal pay day is a reminder that women deserve equal pay for equal work. You must work to close the gender pay gap. And she happened to include a photograph of Actually, a woman that has similar features to yours, as in yeah, similar skin I'll, I'll tone, that. big curly hair. Um, and I will accept that. A woman named Josephine Calapenny responded with, if only you had access and influence with someone like a president to do something about it. Hashtag, if only. Talk is cheap. Hashtag equal payday. But like dead ass though. Dead if ass. only. If only. But oh, you know. Payday. Okay. No, no, go. You know what we didn't mention um, when we talked about the white tears? We didn't mention all of the wonderful, wonderful things that came out of Twitter, like the clapbacks. Oh. I feel like clapbacks are the only thing keeping me propped up these days. Like, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say alive, I'm just gonna say propped up propped at this up. point. Damn, <laughs> that makes me sad to know that you just need to be propped up. I feel well, like you're in a chair. I feel like we're just so getting browbeaten at this point. Like what else can these folks come up with? <laughs> But uh, the stuff that came out of Twitter, like the Bernice King thing, was like, it's mm -hmm. only daddy. Yeah, that was good. But there were but a couple the other more. ones. There, there were, were videos. More. Did you watch the skits that came There were skits. Oh, Lord. See, these, oh. People, these people work so quickly. The they internet do. works so fast. The internet don't sleep. <laughs> they, they don't, don't sleep. sleep. But <clears throat> basically, 
when the Pepsi thing happened, a lot of folks were like, how is this tone deaf? We just don't get it. <sighs> and that, that, like, it's just like, we everyone's just so tired of explaining things that now they're just being snarky and ridiculous, and I'm here for it. I love it. A million percent. Bringing uh, me joy or bringing me was, something. <clears throat> there was a meme of a dude on a cell phone being sprayed, um, like, I guess, like, Maester pepper sprayed by a police officer mm -hmm. and he's on the phone and the caption is yo Kendall come through with a can of Pepsi <laughs> these cops are wildin <laughs> right though right though <laughs> that was probably one of my favorites and I appreciated seeing that on your Instagram it um was, I just I it was just like yes that 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 that's that's pretty much that's it right it there us, it keeps us propped up it keeps, it keeps us, us propped, propped up, up. That is, that's how we respond to things though now in 2017. That is. It's just like, how do you not see how ridiculously dumb this is? Like, mm -hmm. how did it go through from writer to editor to production team to social media? Like, nobody said nothing? I don't know. And I call me the. I'm, I'm no hotep. However, I'm feel, getting there. I'm getting I, there. <laughs> I feel like these people knew. Somebody if knew. anything, we're talking about it more than we would have an advertisement, that is, than if it would not have happened. In this day and age, what rock do you live under that you did not think that anything involving the police in an advertisement, an advertisement, ha, I've been watching too much Downton Abbey, um, wasn't going to cause some sort of backlash from the community. So I don't know. I feel like Kendall, maybe even if it wasn't Kendall, but her mama Chris was on the phone with Pepsi like, yo, bust how. If we do this, people will talk about it for days versus you just do a simple Kendall Jenner, you know, commercial and people are like, oh, this is cute. But it's not going to reach a broader audience had it not had that racial part in it. So this is falling under the there's no such thing as bad publicity yeah, or... Yes. There's no 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 such thing as bad press or yeah something like that. Like I wasn't drinking Pepsi before. I'm not gonna drink Pepsi now. Yeah, I don't the drink thing, soda, but I don't know. If you really are if you want to ban <laughs> Pepsi altogether, then you also need to stop drinking a Tropicana orange juice. You gotta stop drinking your Mountain Dew because they own all of them brands. Your Navy See, juice. This is why I am propped up because every week I gotta give up something that these white folks <laughs> have made that I don't fell in love with. See, but like Jason Marshall said in episode, in a, no, what is it? Intersectionality um, doesn't exist or something to that effect? No, I'm, I'm, I'm every day becoming more and more of a believer of that. Like I'm saying, Ugh. We need to be self-sustaining as in it's, we need to not, because yeah, at the end of it, if you follow the money, we going to find somebody that, on somebody. Say again? There's a, uh, there's a clip from like, I think it was, what was the, the Cleveland show where, I remember that. um, there's like a sitcom that was being pitched and the, the punchline was, that's what I was trying to tell you before. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And every time somebody has a revelation, I hear that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Would you please share that? Would you please post? That? I I'd have to find it, but I it's need that. So I need that in my life. But yeah, see, that's every hotep ever. But like, I uh, I understand how the hoteps became the hoteps. Like, I'm not I'm getting going, there. I'm getting there. Ooh. I don't. I, I think I'm. A, I'm not there. I'm not anywhere near there. But I'm I will pull you out. I will pull closer. you out unless you convince me to join you. I'm way closer out. than I have ever been. Because I'm just so done. Uh, 
I need to just, we just need to like get houses and have farms and feed our own communities and just, yeah. Um, speaking of which, if you haven't seen, I think it's called Move maybe. It's mm. a, about this group in Philadelphia. And I know this is a tangent and then we'll move on. But it's about this group in Philadelphia. It was led by this dude who called himself John Africa. And they were basically like a commune, um, very self-sustaining. They like the, the babies was running around naked. They fed them like raw food or something. Wait, like where was this? In Philadelphia? In Philadelphia. Like modern day Philadelphia? I think it was in it was right right before we were born. So it was like oh eighty five. People knew better. Uh-huh. No, it's not even it's not even about a no better. It was one of those things where it's like, I see how they got there. But either way, this group was minding their own business for the most part, but I guess like sometimes they would get really loud in the neighborhood, whatever, whatever. And the city used this as an excuse to get them out and it turned into them basically bombing and setting on fire an entire neighborhood. Oh, wait, I've heard of this. Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely, wait, but you said they were they were feeding children raw meat? Yeah, they had a whole like whole philosophy, like the philosophy of John Africa. But apparently the babies weren't dying. So. No, they weren't dying. Like it's one of yeah. those things where it depends on who you ask. Gotcha. If this was a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Either way, I know you don't bomb a whole. But it was a self-sustained black yeah. community. Is the self-sustained black community. Um, I don't know if they were crazy or not. That's not for me to say. I wasn't so there. So for your tangent, I have a tangent for your tangent. Oh jeez. Okay. In, <laughs> in, a self-sustaining black community. And we don't have to go too into this. Maybe we can have a conversation about this another time. Yes. But where would my white boyfriend go? Yeah. Okay. See, here's the thing. There's usually that. There's usually white women in those. Have you ever noticed that? Wait. Didn't someone bring that up before? Where it's like, aren't they always a white? Oh no, it was Mundo. I was like, there's always a white woman in the family somewhere. Um, no. There's like whenever you have the like like you know how white women are really obsessed with Rastafarian culture. Girl. 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 Sorry. So a man, a <laughs> white man, with bus how, bus how, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> a white man with dreadlocks, blonde dreadlock man walked into my place of work a few days ago. Okay. It took everything in my power to maintain my Becky face. Look at him. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the face I made was somewhere between a forced smile and I might have let a fart go. Like it was a confused <laughs> face where I was just like, mm, and then I just walked away because he was, uh, you know, someone else was going to help him. And I was just like, no, no, I'm sorry. So that I just had to share that. It was traumatizing. I did not help that man. I could not. By the way, Please um, there was at least, it's called, there's a documentary about it called Let the Fire Burn. And I highly recommend people Instagram? watch it. I'm sorry, Netflix? Um, I don't think it's on Netflix. I think I rented it from Amazon for probably less than $5. It might be on YouTube, but if you can pay for it, I highly recommend supporting whoever yeah. produced and put this out because it's, it's, it's a very good film. I really Ooh. enjoyed watching it. Um, but, but yeah, there was a white woman. Black communities. But anytime... Yeah, there's a white woman, but I don't, I don't know that there's... Usually... See, I feel like... This kind of ties back into how we let white folks in, like white women in before we let white men in. 
Yes. Like, I, I feel like white that. women's, I feel like I don't know psychologically what this is about, but I feel like there's usually at least one white woman who's married to a member of those kinds of communities. Dang, even in like some of the, like what we would consider to be a funny movie, like, um, what is it? Don't, don't Maybe be a menace society. in South Central while drinking gin juice in the hood. Right. I feel like there was a white woman that was with that woke black man. Oh, no, 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 no. He was pursuing her because he was like, oh, look at all that ass or something like that. The point is, he, this was a supposed woke black man. Actually, no, woke black man who, at least up until that point in the movie, you would have thought he only dated black women. Mm -hmm. But he was okay with a white woman. And I, I obviously don't have an issue with interracial relationships. However, the way it was perceived in this movie, it was like, oh no, they're not a threat, is the point of that story. Um, but a white man, and perhaps it has to do with masculinity, yeah, is they, considered yeah, more maybe. of a threat. I don't, I've never put too much thought into it, but I, I have noticed that there's usually at least one down-ass white woman who has birthed what was that movie? some black babies at um, some point. I'm, it's hard out here for a pimp. What movie was that? Where um, Taraji P. Henson, she sings that song with um, Terrence Howard. Is that it's Hustle and Flow? Yes, there was a no, white girl in that, that movie. I've oh, never seen Hustle and Flow. You gotta watch that. It's a good one. Surprisingly, I will say. Okay. Um, All right. No more tangents. <laughs> um, okay. I swear. Meat and potatoes. Fix it, Black Jesus. Uh, all right. So this is where I'm going to say it's a well-meaning thing, <laughs> but I need to be the person that I think is pointing out what should be obvious to everyone else. So Buzzfeed posted something in February entitled churches are readying homes and underground railroads to hide immigrants from deportation under Trump. Okay. And that is all fine and good. But the fact that Buzzfeed knows about it and is posting about it, do, in the underground they, no exactly. more exactly see like do people not know what the <laughs> underground part means like it ain't a secret thing y'all go get these people your mouth. Exactly. close your mouth close shut it don't tweet about it something so speaking of jason marshall um his idea for an inclusive community includes not having it not be on the internet mm -hmm. um and that is why <laughs> this yeah, is an example that's oh, why. why people are stupid because <laughs> people can't keep their mouth closed they want to click and they want to get likes and they want to be you know it's too much some okay. things you need to keep a secret and that's okay because it means protecting your life or the life of someone else yep yep so here is <laughs> the next fix it black jesus because i have a list today apparently so mm -hmm. i'm i'm not going to say where this was but it's a local community online community that i'm a part of um, someone had posted on there under the crime and safety feature, orange Honda element seems to be casing homes and driveways. And then someone posted the driver was an older African-American man. There was a female passenger. I'm sorry. I couldn't pay closer attention. Toddler was having a meltdown about his boogie nose. Then she wrote, someone else writes, please call police exclamation point. And someone else posts. So big deal. Let the police check them out. There's nothing to lose here. If the poster here got a bad vibe, then it should be checked out. There's no harm in doing that. Did you read the post? I, so the thing that my issue is, we wanna call the police on a black man in a white neighborhood? What do you mean, what's the big deal? This man does not have a Pepsi in his car. So what is he gonna do? <laughs> you don't so have no Pepsi. I'm saying, 
I'm saying like, so the fact that wait, is that, that is that what they were going for? Are they trying to get us to all travel with Pepsi? Oh, no, 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 no. The Pepsi was my add on. This was no, no, no. I mean, Pepsi. Is that what the advertisement was? Like? <laughs> Keep Pepsi's in your car, yo. Keep Pepsi's in your car. Maybe. I'm not going to try that. Somebody is. is that a skit? Did somebody make that skit? Someone made, someone made that skit. It oh, did not God. end up well. It did not end up well for them, though. And they it were like, but I watched well, the, the Pepsi didn't work. The Pepsi, the Pepsi didn't, work. didn't work. It didn't oh, work. So geez. don't do it, friends. Don't do it. It don't work. Okay. It didn't work. Well, just imagine <sighs> trying to reach for anything. You can't reach for no wallet. How you gonna reach for a Pepsi? Right? Right? So. Did we ever talk about, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know that we need to move on. But did we ever talk about the the white dude who was um had to take a breathalyzer test? But he was like, can I prove my sobriety by juggling for you? Did, did we ever talk no! about that? No. <laughs> So there were there were two cops and oh, I don't gosh. know who was recording this I can't remember but it's been like shopped around the internet as this like charming video of this white man juggling. He goes into his car and pulls out three juggling pins and start juggling and they're just fascinated with this. If a black man tried to go into his car and pull out anything, he gets shot. Oh my gosh! Can we see white people like, on a walk straight? Yeah, you like you have to walk in the straight line. He's like, yeah. can you show my surprise the other way? Like white privilege on a platform <sighs> for you, please. I can't. Pepsi. Oh. oh my God. So I, as I mentioned, <sighs> when we were introducing ourselves, I'm just trying to ignore the white hate or live through the white uh -huh. hate. Mm -hmm. So this was three weeks ago now, maybe a month ago, where on a couple trees, less than five miles away from my house, closer to downtown than where I live, just to give people, cause you know, not South, South is always bad, North, there were swastikas spray painted on some trees. Um, and I've never been that close to knowing that there was a swastika so close by to me that was like blatantly placed in a place it did not belong. Not that they belong anywhere for that matter, but it was, you know, for all to see and like, how do you wash <clears> a tree? Um, and that, I'm sure the reason to do that is to evoke fear in people. Um, and the further north you go from where I currently live, the more brown people are going to be around. And the people that posted about it were, in fact, white people because these neighborhoods are not gentrified. But that's a whole other story. Um, it's that's scary to know that someone was like, you know what we need to do? We need to make sure that the people know that we're here and that we don't want them here. So we're going to put swastikas on trees so that people mm -hmm. can see this again, less than no. five minutes away from where I live. Cause no. for concern. No. Not okay no. with this. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of week, month, year I've been having. And I I want to add, Portland is not the worst place in the world. No. I recognize that. I have had, we're going to add the privilege of living in a city where I was allowed to believe that it was a very diverse city, which it is definitely more diverse than where I currently New live. New York? Yeah. Yeah. There are way... Sure. It is diverse. And New York are, is very diverse. It's there definitely are brown people that live in Portland. The difference between living in New York and living in Portland is I need to intentionally seek out yeah. brown people in order to interact with them. Whereas in New York, no matter where I was, everyone I was is everywhere. Exactly. And so that's my biggest struggle in adapting to this new place that I live in. It's not even new. Well, it's newer than I've ever been anywhere else. So I've been here for a year and a half. And that is still my biggest struggle is just finding black people um, yeah, on just no, my regular sure. day to day. Because in order for me to interact with black people, I have to go look for them. And that's yeah. that's not that's not a comforting thought. But anyway. No.
All right. I can't believe you still haven't seen Get Out. We've moved, we're moving on to Black Creatives at this point. Um, oh, I still haven't. Right. And there's... Please. All right. I promise to make an effort. It's not even in theaters anymore, is it? I'm going to find out right now. I'm going to go on Fandango. You're a mess. I think it is because there's still... Um, I'm Not Your Negro, which I've also not watched. It's still in movie theaters. In Portland. See, the people want me to know. The people want me to see it. They do. Then go see it. I might be the only person they're keeping that out for. It's for me. Mm. Get, like, get it done. Laura still hasn't watched it. Oh, yeah. There are th four, five, there are multiple theaters still watch showing Get Out. Today it would be available at 2.30. No, that's not going to work out. 10.30. Oh, that's just too late. Wait, what's today's date? The oh, that yeah. means... To, by the time that this podcast comes out, the Kendrick Lamar album will have dropped because he said April 7th, right? Yes. Did you? Oh, speaking of which, he's a black creative. Um, so someone or people, have yeah, you heard, have you heard have. the backlash? Yeah, <laughs> of course. So <sighs> last week we spoke about how awesome it was that Kendrick Lamar. How we felt it was awesome. You and I, yes. Aisha and Laura felt that it was awesome mm -hmm. that Kendrick Lamar spoke about you know natural what is it uh women with natural hair and stretch Just, marks yeah and, like yeah. so a more a, a non-photoshopped woman a non-photoshopped woman and how that's what he wants he wants somebody real if you right will. yes um and then the people came for him they came for him they because did. it was well we don't care what you want you're a man who is still sexualizing women's bodies now with that said, as a feminist, see, mm -hmm. I said that with that tone, and I, I am a for real feminist, a womanist, if you will. Um, but I want to say that this is progress in that if we think about videos like back that thing up, <laughs> <laughs> you see, there th things are very different. So we're making progress, at least within our own community, for how black men view women and i'm not saying that we shouldn't get to a point where it shouldn't matter how a woman dresses or how she is the fact is that kendrick lamar was praising women who choose not to falsely change their outward appearance with use of like photoshop for example if you want to wear makeup do you boo some of y'all be slaying well but is, yeah no no go go for it no finish your finish your thought i guess for me it's people and in this case this man is attracted to women mm -hmm. he sure he is. is he's talking about this in his song he is and he is talking about the fact that he likes women for how they are without any sort of um alterations and mm -hmm. i think that is something that should in fact be appraised yeah. yeah i don't know i've i you can't tell people how to feel. I get that. But mm -hmm. my my personal feeling on this is that he's an individual and not a corporation. Kendrick Lamar is an individual with feelings and he's telling us how he feels about women and what he's into. And mm -hmm. it's not, he wasn't like, I want to F this girl or I want to do these dirty things or I'm going to use this woman for. No, like, not at all. I don't know. I felt like he was saying, stop Photoshopping, folks. I don't like it. And then he showed a visual that went with that. And mm -hmm. people were mad that this woman 
was too light skinned for them and her hair texture wasn't kinky enough for them. Oh, and I didn't like, even read that part. So now we're being like, colorist about it? I feel like he could yeah. not have won. Like no girl he picked would have been the right girl. Word. Like if, if she was too dark, then like it would have, somebody would have had something to say about something. I <laughs> feel like this might be a case where people are being mad because they feel like they need to be mad. But that's just my personal opinion. People are entitled to their personal opinion. And the case in point I'm trying to make here is that Kendrick Lamar is entitled to his personal opinion. <laughs> he is telling us what he is into. Mm-hmm. And when Music Soul Child was like, hey, girl, we can be just friends. Give me your number and all that. We thought it was sweet. So, I mean, I feel like it's a it's not a love song. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I haven't downloaded his music in a while. Um, it's not a love song per se, but he is just telling us about what he's who and what type of woman he is attracted to and i am not taking it any further than that i feel like love songs are a genre in themselves and i don't think it's degrading for him to tell us what he personally is into Mm -hmm. he's not saying women should not or women need to have stretch marks in order to be beautiful he said give me Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me, Kendrick Lamar, get ass with some stretch marks. That's what he's into. That's Ooh. what he wants. Kendrick Lamar, you go get your ass with them stretch marks. All there right. There you go. Do now, you, boo. Do you. Now, if, if you have a crush on Kendrick Lamar and you don't have any stretch marks on your ass. I saw a lot of that. They were like, oh, I got curly hair, but I ain't got no stretch marks. We cool. Like, girl, who cares? I don't have stretch marks either. I wasn't offended. It is what it is. It is what it is. My hair don't curl the way her hair curl, but I'm it's okay with that. I'm, I'm fine. fine. Let us move on. Let us move on. He he wasn't talking about you, girl. (laughs) Speaking of someone who I do think people should be angry at, and I still to this day do not understand. Oh, Mr. Brown. Why does Chris Brown still get to come to to some of the cookouts? The same reason R. Kelly still gets to come to some of the cookouts. But then we want to be upset at Kendrick Lamar for talking about well, not he didn't pee on nobody. He and th- he as, far as, nobody. as far as we know, and he ain't beat the mess out of nobody. As far as, as far as we know, he ain't peed on nobody. And he ain't beat the mess out of nobody. But now we upset at him. It, so, I I guess it really upsets me that Chris Brown is still being celebrated as a an artist. He got a pass. I don't know how, but he got a pass. And it's like by other women, like women. Oh who yeah, are celebrating. Chris Brown. I'm sure there's some girl out there right now listening to Chris Brown talking about he can't get it. You know, like there's somebody out there. Because it really bothers me when it's teenagers. You know, he's like he was like stalking Karuchi or something. She has a restraining on her on him now. At oh this my gosh. point, like Chris Brown has some issues that he needs to sort out. He is just a case of somebody who was famous really young and has way too much money and never had to grow up and doesn't know how to take no for an answer. So I just I want Chris Brown to be. He needs to go to a special cookout where only mm-hmm. him and R. Kelly go. I don't um, like that idea very much either. <laughs> I just want them. No one else can be there, though. I need them to both just stay home. Just, just stay home. <laughs> I don't cook. Because I guess the other on the other side of that, on the other side of that coin, if you will, mm-hmm. it's so do we not take care of our own? And by that, like, do we not take care of other brown people just because or do we are we taking care own? of him by pretending that? No, no, no. Which is what I'm saying. Like, that's why they still go to a cookout, but not the main frame cookout. Because we still want y'all to eat, but y'all gonna have to do something. You gotta do better, though. You gotta do better. Like, at least R. Kelly disappeared. 
But I'm yeah, sure. But I feel like he resurges every now and again. And we just like, where you come from? Now? Does he have any so... more in the closet stories or something? <laughs> like, weren't they trying to turn it into like a a musical or something? Like something oh, happened. It hurts. Something I... happened with the uh, locked in the closet, which was oh my lord. Dang. See, I can't decide if I like or like love or hate that whole thing, and. It's because it's it's one of those things where you're like, can you separate the artist from the art? And, and I don't I don't know if I can, but I, I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Although then I mean, and I'll end it with this point. What about Michael Jackson? No, see, that's not the same. Oh, see, I, I thought that was gonna be my ending quote right there. Oh, don't you come for Michael? That nothing. They never proved nothing. No, what my take on Michael? Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I hit a my, nerve. Okay. my take on Michael is this. If I had a child, mm -hmm. I would not leave them in the care of Michael Jackson. Why? Why? Because why do I need to find out? <laughs> like, <laughs> why do I need to find out if I'm right or wrong? I don't. But that being said, we <laughs> prosecute this man based on how we felt he was. And I felt like people at some point started sending their kids over to Michael. Just to find out? No, just so they could sue him for money. Because mm. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to actually do anything. Correct. They just, just, to, just, they just had just to, to say. Yeah, absolutely. He, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I, just, I feel like that he was stripped of his childhood. I don't think he was how we perceive adults to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that scared the mess out of a lot of people. They were very uncomfortable with it. They didn't know how to react. So they he had a Neverland ranch for going to say he lived on a, on a, he on a music did. park. And I think that was because he genuinely enjoyed Neverland. Like, I think he really wanted to be a child. I don't think that's because he wanted to lure in little boys and molest them. But I don't know. And I would not leave my child in the care of Michael Jackson unsupervised because I feel like that would be a very foolish thing to do given the suspicions surrounding Michael Jackson. Okay. But I don't think that means that he is guilty because he was never proven to be guilty. Okay. Oh, okay. That's just last that's my just last there. black creative. Okay. I watched the first of the two Dave Chappelle mm. stand up shows on Netflix. Oh Dave. Oh you didn't get through the second one either. I couldn't do it. I'm not I have no desire to watch the second one. I want to watch it just to say I completed a thing. I'm the person mm -hmm. that needs to finish a whole book, even See, if I'm not enjoying it. that's why I finished it. watching Twin Peaks, even though I think that whole series is dumb. But I'm still watching it. I haven't seen it in nine months, but I'm still watching. Oh Lord! Well, they're coming out with a a a, a, a new, new one. Yeah, and they're revisiting. But. So for anybody who has not watched the Dave Chappelle stand up. Dave Chappelle is a comedian, as we all know. And mm -hmm. for the most part, most comedians get up on stage and tell stories. Mm -hmm. And they will talk about, you know, current events and they make those current events relevant. Sometimes there's an underlying theme or a lesson that they want you to learn. I mean, everyone's got their own style. My issue with Dave Chappelle was I didn't, and maybe I'm just not there yet. Like my comprehension is not what he wanted it to be to be able to laugh at most of what he had to say because I wasn't here for most of what he had to say. I was just, and it's like, am I old? Does this make me like a prude? Am I just too sensitive? 
mind you, there's some of the things that he said that were offensive that I was laughing at. And I'm like, I recognize that this is offensive, but I'm still laughing. But that was probably about for 20%, 15% of all that he said. The rest of it, I, I could have done without. And I wanted my How did you back. feel about that? The, the Bill Cosby jokes? <sighs> okay, so interesting mm. you bring that up. Hmm. Bill Cosby, and I think I've mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. He was a father figure in my household. Yes, Mr. Huxtable, Dr. Mr. Huxtable. Huxtable. He taught me how to read. I had little tapes that I had to put into the VCR. And he had his own his, his little uh I forget what you call it, the little hat you wear when you graduate, the little tassel. And mm-hmm. he taught me Bill Clinton. No, Jesus. <laughs> Bill Cosby. Oh. <laughs> 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 <Woo! laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Bill Cosby helped teach me to learn how to read. And, you know, I was a Huxtable kid. He, you know, I watched that show. And as an only child in particular, they were in my mind, my child mind, my extended family. So when these things started to come out about, you know, him having abused these women or taken advantage of these women, like Dave Chappelle, I was like, I bet. I know it's like 35 of them, but I bet you at least 30 of them is lying. And it admittedly was because, of course, I didn't want it to be true. To this day, I have not resolved my emotional turmoil with Bill Cosby. I mean, he don't know that I exist. Um, And he did do a lot of great things for the black community. And I guess this kind of answers your question or goes to your question about do we separate? Yeah, the artist Mm -hmm. versus the art where I won't do anything in my present time, at least I don't believe I would, to support Bill Cosby. But am I still watching A Different World on Netflix? And that's probably going into his pocket? Yes. Because I think that that was amazing. So I wonder if some people just feel that way about Chris Brown, but he wasn't doing it. He ain't do the same things. It ain't the same. It ain't the same. I don't know. So I thought it was clever. I will say that. I thought it was clever i didn't like that he put it out there like that because i felt like he was talking about family business but he's a comedian he's trying to make his coin i guess that's what they do right they talk about the things that we usually just talk about in our house um what what was your take on the bill cosby component i didn't have a a take i i was i was like barely hanging on by the end of that special but um yeah i don't know yeah, I know. Um, you know what's really funny? And this will wrap up our Black creatives, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to the radio more. Like regular radio? Mm-hmm. Like regular radio. And I feel like there's a lot of songs right now about like not giving up and like pressing on and like like there's that Big Sean song called Bounce Back. And I like that. I like that song. It's cool. It's basically about how like, you know, you take the L, but you you still keep you keep it moving. You get back, you know, like a real person knows how to okay. get back on track. And then there's, um, <laughs> you know what I aspire to? Oh, geez. <laughs> Please I tell aspire me more. to be able to be like the hype man in Bad and Bougie. I just want to be able to say random things. Wow. Like he's making literally random noises. Like he growls like a dog. There's like a <laughs> skirt noise. <laughs> and like it's like this, like that's the best part of that song for me. 
Not Ooh. anything else. I love the the hype man ad libs. They're so good. I I don't know. I'm I, haven't, say- I haven't enjoyed the radio in a really long time. And I can't tell you that the music is great, but it is certainly entertaining right now. So it's serving that purpose. <laughs> There's that. There is that. All right. Yeah. I think I think that that wraps them up. All right, you get you get one, Laura. You get just one. See, you be hating. All right, I bet, bet, bust how. Mm-hmm. So you know how I've been on this journey to just own things that Black people made. So I recently discovered that a Black person makes deodorant, right? Not just any deodorant. It is a refillable deodorant. So instead of creating- Is it like liquid? No, no, it is a, a bar. Okay. So instead of throwing away the plastic container that your deodorant comes with, you put in a new tube of dry deodorant. The name of it is called Switch Fresh, and it's a patented deodorant system that reduces waste by 96%, increase, increases swag indefinitely, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least their words, not mine. I, as soon as I finish my existing deodorant, I'm going to purchase it. I will, of course, come with a review, let you know how it's going. They're currently in the pre-order stage, but I just thought that was dope because one, it allows me to reduce or reduce my waste. That sounds like poop. Anyhow, um, and it's black owned. It's a black owned business and I'm here to support it. So yeah, that's going to be my one bus how since haters going to hate, but it's all good. It's all good. Do we have a question for the people? Um, you didn't ask them during the discussion time. Hmm. No, but they can tell us how they feel about white tears. I'm sure everyone has a story about either a time that they had to deal with it or have given them, have cried them themselves (laughs) and how that turned out. Like if they learned anything from it, if they didn't learn anything from it, if they lost their composure or whatever, I just, I want to know. I want to know how other folks deal with white tears, whether they are the givers and or receivers of them. Aisha wants to know. I, I want to know. White, your white tear consumption. She your white know. tear consumption. Why must you cry? <laughs> why must you cry? Why, why must you cry? <laughs> Tell me oh. why. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is Fix It Black Jesus. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fix It Black Jesus. Or send us an email with why you must cry or why must you cry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> or better yet, a time where you've either cried white tears or received white tears and how that turned out for you. Um, also, we're going to start up conversation on SoundCloud um, at some point. It's going to happen. Stay tuned for that. And did I miss anything? What your name is? Oh, my name is Aisha McGowan. And I'm Laura Solis. And this is Fix It Black Jesus. Please fix it, Black Jesus. Bye. Bye.